0: Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, the Chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology in the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the Chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic and the President of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice, in which we learn about updates in the field of laboratory medicine and pathology. Well, Bill, welcome back for another great week.
1: Yeah, hopefully people are got a little bit of time to rejuvenate and Mm re-energize over the 4th of July Independence Day weekend. So the summer
0: is certainly upon us. Yeah, and hopefully they're staying safe from all the things we've been talking about, not just COVID, but of course, tick bites and mosquito bites and, and still also having fun and getting to spend time with family and friends.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Now that we're back and, you know, maybe some people are still on vacation, which I wish I was too, we should probably do a refresh on the state of COVID in the world today.
1: Yeah. I think that's a really good idea because the reality is that COVID is still with us and still causing problems.
0: Yep. Yep. So I just checked the CDC's COVID website, which they update on a regular basis. And the good news, I guess, is that cases and deaths in the United States are down from earlier in the year. But what's worrisome is that we're starting to see it go up a bit again. We're seeing community transmission Most of it is now due to the Delta variant, which used to be called SARS-CoV-2 B.1.617.2. Thankfully, they renamed all the virus strains, so we could just say the Delta variant. But this looks like it is very widespread and probably more transmissible than other variants.
1: Yeah, I think the data is pretty clear that it's is the most transmissible. It's actually rapidly replaced. I think the beginning of June, it was like 20% of cases. And by the end of June, it was over 40% in the US. So it's quickly supplanted mm-hmm. the last more transmissible variant, which was the B one one seven, which I think might be the alpha variant now by the new mm-hmm. name, nomenclature. But this is a real challenge. And we know it, it is because of the, really, this appears to be the variant that caused such devastation in India.
0: So according to the data, the WHO, World Health Organization, estimates that the Delta variant is 55 times more transmissible than the Alpha variant. And the Alpha variant was already 50% more transmissible than the original virus that is unofficially called the Wuhan virus. So significantly more transmissible. It yeah. now accounts for 80% of new infections in the United States.
1: Wow. And you were mentioning, too, the CDC comes out with their reports and morbidity and mortality reports. I think those are always quite telling, too, because they're, they're really discrete examples of how mm-hmm. this can spread.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, let's talk about that, actually, because it was just on July 9th that the Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report, published by the CDC, just released on uh, July 9th, that they did an analysis of cases that were identified at this gymnastics facility in Oklahoma, 21 lab confirmed cases, all of the Delta variant. And you think a gymnastics facility, so that's people doing a lot of exertion, they're breathing heavily. It turns out that it was a relatively not well ventilated space and these 21 cases were detected in the facility 26 additional cases that were then epidemiologically linked from the people going home to their families and spreading it and the overall family attack rate household attack rate was 53 percent so people that got infected brought it home and in about half the cases passed it on to someone else in their family so that's really scary And it turned out that 85% of the people in this event uh, uh, never received any vaccine at all. So completely unvaccinated.
1: That's pretty startling, really, because it sounds like something we would have been reading about a year ago in terms of how this could spread. And it and it is true, and I know this was even with the alpha variant, but that was around the time when kids were back in school and that we could see it really spread quite quickly compared to the original strain of the virus. It really speaks to the need, I think, for vaccination and for people. That's why there's continued focus on getting as many people vaccinated as possible that are comfortable doing so, and that fall into the EUA guidelines for being eligible for getting vaccinated. Just because, We know the two doses of the vaccine, even for the Delta variant, the two doses of the Moderna and Pfizer and the one dose of the Johnson & Johnson do provide protection against severe illness, right? They seem very effective. And what we're still trying to avoid, even now, 15, 16 months later, is what we're trying to avoid in March and April of 2020. And that is hospitals getting overwhelmed with people who are sick, who don't necessarily need to be sick now, especially because we have vaccines, right? right? As you mentioned, there are areas of the country where we're starting to see the cases go back up we've already heard there's some areas of the country particularly where the vaccination rates lower that actually don't have the same level of healthcare facility access as other parts of the country whether it's rural or you know economically disadvantaged so it's really really important i mean as you're as as that case report just described for people to get vaccinated to prevent spread and ultimately again the delta variant arose in an area of the world that was unvaccinated and so that's where these are occurring. And as a Delta, I mean, it started in India. There's not much international travel still, and it still made it around the globe relatively easily. So I think the reality is that this is a global issue, and we really have to be focused on the global approach to really stamping out the pandemic, which is a little difficult for us to remember, just because it's it seems like it's so much more under control now in the U.S. than it was even six, seven months ago.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that, Bill, because we have to think, oh it's not just what is occurring here in the United States. There are still a lot of parts of the world that are actually in tremendous surges. We have Asia, Japan, of course, they're preparing for the Olympics. Other parts of Asia, Argentina, Indonesia, even the United Kingdom is having a little upward swing again. Uh, South Africa, there's a lot of places in the world that are really getting hit hard. And I'm really glad you mentioned the fact that this is clearly a global problem that does impact the U.S., because something that arises in another country just with the speed of global travel is going to show up in the United States unless we completely close off all our borders, which I don't think anyone would be interested in doing at this point.
1: I mean, look at the Olympics. It's really, they'll have no fans in attendance at all now. And it's, there's a lot of controversy about whether they should even proceed and look, and this is now 16 months later. So the more we can do to help prevent the spread ourselves the more we can get people vaccinated the more we can make vaccines available across the globe because again that's that part is a lot of those countries that are struggling now many of them are dependent on tourism as a major source mm-hmm. of their income so there's they're really getting hit hard now so it's just really important for us to kind of maintain a holistic view as a medical community global medical community of what we're up against and really driving to the finish line here even though we've been at it for a long time
0: mm-hmm. i agree well just reading that mmwr report I took away a few key messages that we could probably apply locally if it, if our listeners are here in the United States. If you're not vaccinated already, get vaccinated. Yes, there's been some breakthrough cases, but still overall, vaccines remain effective against the Delta variant, and you're still much more likely not to get Severely ill or hospitalized or have a bad outcome. So, vaccination is key. Most of the cases we're seeing do appear to be in people who are unvaccinated. And I would say that those high risk settings can still be super spreader events with all of those individuals that were in this gymnastics facility. And when they looked into it, you know, people weren't wearing masks, most of them weren't vaccinated, they weren't following quarantine rules. I get it. It's summertime. It's beautiful outside, and people are letting their guard down. But we have to remember that the virus is still out there. There's still things we could be doing.
1: That's right. Protect and ourselves. Just agree, and and, and, and others. To protect others. Exactly, and protect others. Because, as you said, the home transmission rate was really quite remarkable in that report as well. Yeah, as you say, get vaccinated. Be thoughtful. If you know you've had an exposure, even we do know vaccinated people can spread. So if you've had a known exposure, think about that. Think about wearing a mask to protect other people, even though we are all kind of sick of wearing masks. Um, but may think about if you don't feel well to consider not going out. You know, those are the some of the things that we need to still keep in mind, even though it is summer and people are anxious to get on with their lives and get outside and do those things.
0: Well, I guess the good news is if you're outside in a well ventilated area, you don't have to wear your mask. So.
1: There you know, go.
0: More incentive to get out and enjoy the great outdoors. Just make sure you wear your insect repellent and your sunscreen.
1: That's, that's right. <laughs> uh, I did one out of two and I was, I was doing—I good on my insect repellent for sure. Oh, Not as much you need on the sunscreen. sunscreen. Yeah. Although you
0: probably tan easily. I mean, you look like you're already got, you've had a tan there.
1: Yeah, well, I need some vitamin D. So yeah, to, no, it's, it's all good. So, well, yeah, <laughs> we're getting through this, but we all have to work through this together. And that's why Dr. Pritt, that's why Bobby, it's great to still get on because I still, people still crave and need good information. And so we'll see what we can to provide it. Continue
0: to be that source. Yep. All right. Well, thanks, Bill. Talk to you again next week.
1: Talk to you next week.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.